Hello and welcome to Centre Stage, a program for the International Centre for Women Playwrights, a virtual non-profit organisation dedicated to supporting women playwrights around the world. Centre Stage celebrates the work of members by showcasing excerpts of their work, followed by an interview where we can hear about their ideas and sometimes their process. I'm Jenny Monday, and in this Centre Stage, we have Dina Ronane in an interview about her plays, Triple Bypass, three ten-minute plays about living for death and dying for life. Dina is one of ICWP's members in the United States. To begin with, we have snippets from each of the plays. Dina's work is copyright, and if you're interested in performing any of her plays, you can contact her through womenplaywrights.org or her company's page, hardlyworkingpromotions.com. That is, hardlyworkingpromotions, all as one word, dot com. Here is the first excerpt from Triple Bypass, Seeking Dignity. Here, Miss... Um... Just call me a friend. I'll hear you out and then we'll go from there. I have a few questions, if you don't mind. Uh, ask me whatever you want. <laughs> I'd offer you some coffee, but I can't drink it anymore. I can barely go to the bathroom by myself anymore. Oh, your family hasn't... My family, I don't want to see any of this or know anything about this choice. Your actions are reasonable? Here is the second excerpt from Triple Bypass, Close to Black. I think... Uh, well, <laughs> I, I guess I was just trying to be uh, too perfect, if you can imagine that. Uh, no, there's no such thing in show business. Okay, well, um, I, I was trying to be too healthy. Oh, are you sure it wasn't too thin? There's no such thing in show business. Because <laughs> you're set to stun. <laughs> Pathetic. And here is the third snippet from Triple Bypass, Tangoed Web. Oh, well. Killing you and the crappy pickup lines you wrote in on means something won't be a disappointment for me today. Relax, you silk-spinning seductress. A smile, babe. Uh, how about a romantic song? No, wait, stop! Songs never work. She's not looking for a band mate. He's not a mate. He's a meal. I'll take a little dinner music. Now we have a short interview with Dina, and I started with asking her if she could tell us a bit about the work we've just been listening to. Well, the first one was the first one up in the trilogy was the first one that I wrote and it was several years prior to the other two I had been working on a show and one of my co-stars confided in me that he was an abuse survivor and I was a few beers in at the time and I said let's go find him let's kick his butt and he told me no he said, he's a shell of an old man now, what would it serve? So I got to thinking about what a confrontation like that would look like. So that was the inspiration behind Seeking Dignity. When this all transpired, it was just the beginning of the pandemic and rolling towards people trying to do other things for theater. So I knew I had the opportunity to enter one of the first virtual fringe festivals, which was the Elgin, Illinois. 
but the concept I had was only 10 minutes and I, I had been rattling in my head two other concepts, but I hadn't written them out yet. So I got them down as quickly as I could. The, the middle one was inspired by spending some time working from home. And there was a, a channel, I don't know if it still exists anymore, but it's kind of like a celebrity gossip channel. And there were documentaries back to back for a series of time about Amy Winehouse and about Karen Carpenter. And one day it just occurred to me, has no one put this together before? How similar they were with their struggles with various things. So that's the theme for Close to Black. And then the last one of the three, which is Tangled Web, I was in Berlin and I was waiting on a flight and the only show on in English was BBC Nature. And there was a show about spiders where this tiny little spider has to dance in order to impress his mate instead of her killing him. And when it got to that point, they start playing this tango and I cracked up. I was crying. I was holding my sides. I was hiccuping. And I thought to myself, this has to be a stage play because it's hilarious. So that was the mind child for Tangled Web. And the three of these shorts all feature life and death in a different lens. And have they been performed as a, a trilogy? They have, yes. Sing Seeking Dignity went up in Orlando a few years prior, but as the trilogy for Triple Bypass, we did it locally here in Aberdeen, South Dakota in an empty theater. Our community theater is an old vaudevillian building, so we were able to rehearse with the small cast, with distance, with safety, and then record in this empty building, and then we put it up for the Elgin winter mini fest which was one of the first virtual fringes and we we really ended up having a leg up because we had this beautiful theatrical set it looked like a recorded show it did not look like something someone was doing in their basement or, or living room so it went pretty well we were the most viewed show of the festival and we went on to do about 14 virtual festivals with that same recording, picking up a few awards in the process. After that, it was live with the cast and crew in Orlando that were Orlando-based for their fringe. And then after that, it was live with an, a UK-based cast and crew for Ed Fringe this past summer. And so do you have the same um, actors playing in each play? No, the original cast in Aberdeen, South Dakota was just the recording cast. The Orlando cast was only Orlando Fringe, and the UK cast was only Ed Fringe. So what kind of characters have you um, written, you know, that kind of carry this thread? Well, they all have a, a little piece of, of me, naturally. And they all have inspiration from the arts from BBC Nature, from working with an artist, from these famous women. So they they all draw heavily on, on the empathy and the general humanity of, of, of artistic endeavors. Will you continue to perform them, do you think? Well, right now they're available on online to uh, the on New Play Exchange for people to potentially do them as one either Triple Bypass in its entirety or the separate ones. So it's available on New Play Exchange if anyone wants to do it. I am considering publishing it probably just on my own through Amazon just to kind of put a bow on it. So I would say uh, never say never. But for now, for now, it's 
I feel like Edinburgh, it's like, okay, you know, that was, that was great. I have a few other projects lined up, but you know, naturally anything can happen in the future and I'd be open to, to anything. Your company is called Hardly Working. Could you tell us a little bit about that and it's, you know, how it came about? So it originally started as the dad joke. You know, you always hear, you know, oh, hey, are you working hard or hardly working? Ha ha ha. And no one really wants to say they're hardly working, but when you're doing something you love, it's, I'm no longer going to say it's not work. I'm going to say that it's very, very valuable work and it's very rewarding. But the the assumption is that we we are players and we play. And that is true. And sometimes it makes me sad to think that a lot of people in more traditional work roles, they don't get to play. They don't get to use their imagination. And we're lucky we get to do it all the time. On my worst days, I get on stage and I pretend I'm a pony. That's not so bad. So the the concept of hardly working is we're doing something very fun. It's something we love. And yeah, we actually end up working extremely hard, but the the endeavor is, it, it just, it makes you smile every time. The good, bad, bad, and the ugly. So what sort of... Um works has the the company done um, apart from your triple bypass we're most famous for our Shakespeare mashup shows and those are things that I've produced not written just to be clear but there's been five of them and it started with when I went to Toronto to attend the Toronto Fringe a few years ago and I saw a staged reading of a show called Shakespeare's Ghostbusters and I loved it and it sold out and, and it was, people still had scripts in hand, so it wasn't a full production, but I saw the potential. So I contacted them and said, hey, you know, we, my little group of players would like to do this as a full production for Orlando next year. And, and they agreed. So since then, we've done Shakespeare's Ghostbusters. We've done Shakespeare's Terminator the second. We've done Shakespeare's, the, the, the rest is silence, a Shakespearean thriller. Shakespeare's Reservoir Dogs and Shakespeare's Aliens. And I presume they've been very well received. But, you know, they have. So we we took, a, we continued to take risks. Ghostbusters was a sci-fi comedy, straight, straight up comedy. When we did Terminator, which was written by some folks in Tennessee, that was a sci-fi drama. And I remember opening night, people were were giggling in the audience, just waiting. And we're all thinking, oh, no, you know, how is this going to go? And then it was dead silent during the entire show. And then at the end, it was this just scream of applause. And it we, we did very well. We had hiccups with COVID, just like everyone. So the shows didn't go in, in perfect order as we had planned. But we took it further with horror, with with the the rest of silent Shakespearean thriller, which ended up being a filmed version in film festivals, we took it further with taking a Tarantino, taking a Tarantino, and uh, the the language is very rough, and the violence is very rough. But it was done out of folks from Australia, actually, that was written by someone in Australia, and it was done in a way that was just purely Shakespearean. So, and then Aliens was sci-fi horror action the when you do as many as five yes people are going to always have their favorites but they've always been warmly received you have other people um write them do you propose the topic and, and the play 
how, how do you manage to get your playwrights to write these plays for you? So Aliens and Silence, those were both written by part of the hardly working team. I want to give total credit to my co-producer, David Strauss, because after Shakespeare's Ghostbusters, I had that initial vision, but then he had the vision to run with these other mashups, choosing ones that people would like and respond to. So really, it was just a matter of reaching out. When I give talks to, to students and to schools, I'm really fond of saying the best advice I can give is show up, follow up, follow through. It's obscene, the things I've been involved with, simply because I turn up and say, hi, I'm Dina, I'm breathing. This interests me. How have those people been chosen to do the writing or do you put out an expression of interest? It's been a collaboration, really. My co-producer found the scripts for Terminator and for Reservoir Dogs. And then my players came to me and said, hey, what do you think if we write Aliens? What do you, what do you think if we write, if we write um, Silence? And I said, sure. So you, when, you, when you work with folks, you've got to put a lot of trust in them. And, and I didn't, it was, it was fabulous. So really it was, it's been, it's been a growing, it's been a growing experience. This, this company has served so well, I think, because of all the people involved. And we actually celebrate our five-year anniversary this week. I'll be highlighting on our social media, some of the women that helped make this possible over the years. My, the, my core team for a long time was the Orlando, Florida cultured nerds. So we kept quite a few players over the years continuously doing these mashup shows, but nothing changes but the changes. A lot of us moved, including myself. I no longer live in Orlando. I live in Aberdeen, South Dakota. So selecting folks is, it's always been a meeting of the minds. I'm really fortunate that I found my assistant during COVID. She finished her theater degree in her parents' basement because of COVID, because of the nature of how things went, but she's she's here and she's local and she's amazing. I'm extremely lucky to have her. Her enthusiasm for what we do matches mine. And that's typically what I try to find with the people I work with. It's it shouldn't be a it shouldn't be a hard sell to work on on some of these things. And that's that's really important getting things done. And for my assistant, I always say when she leaves me, which one day she will, because that's right and proper for bigger and better things. All I care about is that she knows her worth. So bringing folks on in whatever capacity, they're empowered. And they're just as excited as I am. And the company, um, Dina, is it funded by, um, you know, state funding or how do you, how does your company exist? It's pronged because it's also PR and marketing. And during COVID, I did receive state funds. I was very, I was very fortunate. But the other, the other part of Hardly Working, it used to be called Hardly Working Productions, but I've got a strong background in marketing and in customer service and in PR and event planning. So now it's called Hardly Working Promotions. The other chunk of that company is doing promotional work. So that will, that will back a lot of the shows. I also do a lot of outreach for our programs. We do traditional programs. So we have funding through advertisers as well. I, again, something I talked to, to the kiddos about is if, if theaters depended on ticket sales alone, none of us could do this. 
And there's no shame in that. You've written other plays? So my next endeavor is through North, it's through Northern State University, which is here in Aberdeen, South Dakota. They have hired me to write and produce on behalf of their theater students to bring to Edinburgh Fringe 2023 as a study abroad. So I'm currently working on draft three of what I'm calling the Canonized Club. So what would, what's your process when you, I mean, you had those um, inspirations that you talked about earlier with um, Triple Bypass. What gives you um, an idea and, and then how do you turn that idea into a play? So the full title for Canonized Club is Canonized Club and the Curious Lives and Deaths of the Saints. So The concept is that it's a historical fiction. The concept is that it's 1969 and there was a lot of upheaval with that Pope. That was Pope Paul VI. He made a lot of divisive choices, one of which being this generalized announcement that there was going to be changes among the status of the saints. And there was a lot of panic and upset in the the Catholic world. But my story is about the saints getting wind of this. And them not wanting to be kicked out of this exclusive club with the valet parking and the mimosa brunches. So they start talking about their stories and deciding who should stay and who should go. So I was with my husband touring Germany and Australia, and we were in Melk at an abbey. And there were all these stations for unknown saints. And this was a, this was in the cathedral section. Everyone's supposed to be quiet, no photos, but I kept quipping. You know, how, how do you know he's a saint? Well, well look at him. He's, he's fabulous. Well, what's his name? I don't know. It's Saint Chad, patron saint of body axe spray. Who cares? So I, I was doing this at every station and it just kind of stuck with me. So when we got home, I picked up a few books on the lives of the saints. And it was another moment like with Close to Black with looking at those Amy Winehouse, Karen Carpenter documentaries. I just, I just finally just shot it and said, this writes itself. Some of these stories are so zany, but they're still inspiring. As far as process goes, sometimes, you remember that 80s movie Amadeus? When, you know, they kept showing up at his house asking where the, where the libretto is or where the, where his music notes are. And he's like, it's here. It's in my noodle. It's in my noodle. The rest is just scribbling. So (laughs) my process is a lot of that where I, I think a lot. I'll think about it for for days and weeks. What helps me is creating deadlines. It doesn't matter if they're real or not. Creating my own deadlines is is immensely helpful. So my deadline for this that I imposed upon myself was Thanksgiving break for my first draft. I'll start with just an outline. And I'll say to myself, okay, these are these are my general ideas. This is my general beginning, middle and middle and end. This is a point I want to get across here. This is a line here. And then slowly but surely, it starts filling out. I take a lot of breaks. I'll switch mediums. And I also believe in order to write, you have to read. So this has been a hoot. I have read really old books about this. I've reached out to professors, theologians, on the phone. And they're happy to talk to me. And we've had wonderful conversations. And will this be um, a, a longer play or will this also be a 10-minute play? This will be a one act. 
it's a lot of materials. So perhaps one day it might be as long as two acts, but to serve our purposes for these students, which will be working in an ensemble type of type of show to bring to Ed Fringe to have it to have us out of there in 50 minutes, it'll it'll be a one act. My goal was that everyone can enjoy this. Catholics, non-Catholics, very religious people, not very religious people. My assumption is that there's going to be people who are not religious, who feel I didn't go far enough in one direction, and people who are very religious, who are who feel I went too far in another direction. You're, you're never going to satisfy everyone, and that's okay. That's part of art. I've done this with a lot of reverence, but it is funny. It's very easy to do works that pick on religion. And I, I was raised half Catholic, and I consider myself more, more spiritual now. My, my mother was Catholic and my father was Greek Orthodox. My grandmother used to take me to Catholic services on Saturdays. But I, I believe all monotheisms are pretty much telling the same story in, in different, different languages. And spirituality is basically the key. So the, the overall premise of the show, yeah, a lot of this is silly. And if you're going to see it as making fun of it, I didn't, I didn't make up these components. These are from theological accounts. So if you want to take issue with that, I've got the books to point to. But again, it's, it's done with humor, but gently. I'm hoping people leave and go, aw, you know, that was kind of fun. You've been listening to Center Stage and an interview with Dina Ronane. Thanks very much to Dina for meeting with me via Zoom. Dina is one of our members from the United States. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. More will be coming soon.